Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of fantasy romance and romantic fantasy. I am here with my first cup of coffee. Lovely. Hmm. Today is say it with me Friday. Woo! Friday, May 6th. Um, yeah, as the week winds to a close, I feel like we're, we're in a good place with all of the things. Um, my folks got the results back on their CT scans yesterday and my mother's proud to announce that their brains are not scrambled. Um, their neighbors tested positive for COVID and they were recently at an event with them. So there's that. never ending cycle. But um, went to uh, the endocrinologist yesterday. Those of you who have been listening for a long time may recall that uh, my husband David had a lot of uh, medical stuff before Christmas dealing with his um, gut and his swallowing and all of this. And one of the things that they found when they did the scans of him at the hospital at urgent care was that he had some nodules on his thyroid. So we just now got in with the endocrinologist and uh, she did um, an ultrasound and she said that the nodules are very, very small, that they're not big enough to biopsy. So he'll check back in a year, but good news there. And in other medical news, I, I am absurdly pleased by this, you guys. So one of the things I had to do being a woman of a certain age is I got to have a bone density scan. And, um, I went in to see my doctor the other day just to discuss results on things. And he said that, uh, he said, my bones are beautiful. He said, my bone density scan was beautiful. The exact word he used. He said that I have the bones of a young adult of a healthy young adult. How about that? Cheers. David feels very vindicated because he's always said that I have strong bones. I'm very strong. So bone density scan confirms it. the bones of a young adult. Now, if only I could have you know, the, the eyes of a young adult or, um, I don't know the metabolism of a young adult. I would take, I, I wish I had my metabolism back, but bones of a young adult, good thing to have. Um, that's, uh, you know, breaking bones is always a hard thing on people hard to recover from. So it's funny. Cause I was reading a book where, uh, you know, somebody got really hurt very, very badly, you know, broken legs, broken arms, all of this, you know, and they always say in the books, you know, things like that. I think this is part of why I don't write action scenes because I just can't suspend disbelief enough, but they're saying, well, it'll take him a few months to heal. And I'm thinking he's never coming back from that. He's never going to be a hundred percent of what he was, but we kind of gloss over that in fiction. Um, 
I still think about my CPA who you know fell and broke his about my age fell and broke his femur and he just fell down a couple of steps and uh you know snapped that femur and you know it had been two years and he was still trying to recover from it and that was with like amazing medical technology so uh yeah yeah I know I know I'm supposed to just like be like oh well you know he'll heal I think that's one reason why I have magic healing I had a conversation with um with Nettie Okorafor she was in town and do, do I sound like I'm name dropping <laughs> it was really fun meeting Nettie she was an interesting person um really wonderful writer and we had some great conversations and I toured her around and she, she loves jewelry so you know it was like it's an easy gig you know getting to talk with fun writers and then taking them around to cool shops so that they can buy things it's a, Santa Fe tourism should like totally employ me so anyway um I thought it's probably not relevant that it was Nettie except that she asked me an interesting question which I don't think anybody else has ever asked me but she said if you could pick any superpower and we were talking about you know like characters with amazing powers and all of this and how you write it effectively and uh she said if you could pick any superpower what would you have and I said I would pick healing people I I would want to be able to to heal anybody and and make anybody um you know recover from any kind of disease or injury and she looked at me funny and she said but you know that that leads to chaos because then you know people wouldn't die it, it would disrupt the natural order and I said I don't care I said I would absolutely be that I would do it anyway I I would just heal everybody anyway and she was laughing at me for it and I said well what would you pick and she said well I'm shallow I want to be able to fly <laughs> I would pick flying and she said but you would be causing chaos to the human race and I'm like I know and I still don't care uh, now maybe I have to write that character I am thinking up this next uh this next story I, I really need to be focusing on the book I'm writing which I'm currently revising it doesn't suck I just worry that it repeats and I'm I'm not sure I have good enough perspective on it I may have to get somebody else to read it for me because I'm I'm worried it circles the same thing which I know I've been saying all along about this book um and I know that part of it is because the characters circle that they're kind of stuck in this loop eh, how do people even write like groundhog type stories because uh <laughs> yeah how do you keep it straight maybe they write stuff down maybe they have outlines Jeffy alas um yeah so anyway I'm thinking about this this whole new I should be thinking about like the next bonds of magic book which I'm planning to write after this not this new shiny but the new shiny I'm I'm doing the scalsy method um and just for those of you who may not have heard it before I heard John Scalzi talk about this uh about how you treat ideas <coughs> or how he treats ideas that if he has a good idea for a story that he thinks about it for a little bit and he puts it away again and if it's still there the next morning he takes it out 
mulls it over a little bit, puts it away again. It and you know, rinse, wash, repeat, wash, rinse, repeat. Oh, well, uh, and he says, if the idea is still there, like six months or a year later, then he takes it seriously. So that's what I'm doing with this idea. I'm just taking it out and toying with it and sort of, um, pasting pieces onto it. Uh, interestingly, agent Sarah contacted me the other day, um, sent me an email kind of out of the blue and said, I have a new opportunity and I would like to talk to you about it sooner rather than later, which is unusual for her. Usually she's, you know, like, you know, have to schedule things out. She's busy. And she said, you know, can you suggest some times? Uh, cause she knows I'm busy too. And, and I was actually a good time. I was done writing. I was looking at email and I said, well, I'm at my desk for the next two hours. And she said, okay, well, I'm hopping on a call right now and then I'll call you. And, uh, yeah, she has two opportunities, um, pretty interesting ones that are really well suited to the kind of writer that I am. And she said, and it occurs to me, you know, that we have these two books that are out on submission. One is from the one from a while ago, the science fantasy thing that I've been planning to take back and write and self publish. Um, and that Sarah had actually asked me if I was going to go ahead and finish that book, which I'll do because I know I want to write it anyway. Um, she asked if she could have like two months to take it out on submission again, cause it's been like two years and all the editors have changed. <laughs> if you wait long enough, <laughs> you have a whole new raft of editors. It, and that's an actually a decent piece of advice for, um, any newbie writers out there, because the common wisdom is once you have submitted a work to a publishing house, to an imprint, or sometimes people are like, no, all the same house, which is really daunting because there's only like five major houses left. Some people say, well, you could do different imprints within the houses, but like once you've hit that one imprint, you can't do a different editor at the same imprint even, but what this is left out is that so many young editors and people have been saying the mass exodus, which I feel like makes it sound really, <laughs> I don't know, more important than it is. I, it's not that I feel like I don't want editors to be leaving their jobs. I want people to be able to make a, a fair living and all of that. But I don't know. I saw one article saying that, uh, when you did the numbers that it was like 4%. I was like, I don't know. Can you call 4% a mass exodus? I mean, is it even a significant percentage? That's the scientist in me. Don't mind me while I quibble. Anyway, so the, um, the counterpoint to this common wisdom that like, once you've submitted a manuscript around that it is effectively dead and can't do it anymore, can't send it out there anymore. <laughs> is, or you can wait two years and all of those editors will have shuffled around and new editors will be in their places and you can go on a whole fresh submission round. Funny, huh? So, uh, Sarah said, so we have that. And then we have the other thing, the genre departure one that are out on submission. And she said, 
I, what I would like to do is take these and submit them to this new opportunity, this new, exciting, very well-funded opportunity. And, uh, <laughs> and she said, do you have any objection to me doing that? And I said, well, it sounds to me like there would be zero effort on my part, <laughs> which is my favorite thing. <laughs> I said, is that a terrible thing to say? And she's like, no, I totally get it. She says, I will do all the work on this. This, by the way, people is one reason why it's handy to have an agent, uh, because she brings these opportunities to me and she does a lot of the legwork. She, she supports my career in many ways. She has like her office interns help me with, um, some of the, the slog work on things. And, and it's good for them because they can, you know, like if they have to go through my books and look for something or pull stuff or whatever, um, I, I haven't really gone into the whole, um, I don't know if I even want to talk about it. Do I want to talk about it? It's a beautiful morning here. No smoke yet. Um, lilacs are in bloom scenting the air. No, it's just one of the things that the anti-agent people don't consider that, you know, they're like, why would you give your 15% to someone who, I don't know. They've got this view that they do nothing. And it's, you know, okay. I, I, I don't even need to do like point counterpoint on it because, uh, yeah. If, if you guys want me to talk about it in more detail, I will attempt to be articulate, articulate about it, not sputter. But anyway, uh, so, so yeah, so that's exciting. And, and then the other thing we agreed on a, on a work for her to suggest to them and we'll see what happens. Um, but could be money. We like money. What else? What else do I have to tell you guys today? Maybe not a whole lot. Did Ryder coffee yesterday. It was nice to catch up with everyone. Felt like it had been a while. Yeah. Um, got to see Jim Sorensen. Yeah. It felt like it had been a couple months since I've, I'd seen Jim and it was a good time. Uh, I'm trying to think if we had any salient gossip, but I can't recall any thicken the throes of planning nebula conference. Um, in the throes of revising this book. Yeah. Maybe I don't have a lot to say. Maybe I'll do a short one today. Uh, I think I will. So, um, yeah, on that note, I hope you all have a fabulous weekend. I have, I have meetings. I have several meetings tomorrow, but then hopefully I will have an opportunity to, uh, well, if it's not too windy or too smoky, it's one of those, um, push pull things. We, if it's windy, it's not smoky in general, uh, depending on which way the wind is blowing. Uh, <laughs> and if it's not windy, our, our smoke starts to climb up to dangerous levels. The fire by Los Alamos is like 13% contained. So I don't think that we are um, going to get non smoky soon little hummingbird up there in the grapevine above me. Hello, lovey. 
I'm seeing what she's doing. She might have been um, looking for a nest spot. They like to build nests on these vines, which I don't always feel like is a great idea. But the hummingbirds don't ask me. Anyway, I'm going to uh, head off and do my thing. I hope you all get to do your thing. And I will talk to you on Monday. Take care. Bye-bye.